Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. I'm Julia Hartley Brewer. You're with Talk TV on TV, on radio, online, and on your smart speaker. Now, the Prime Minister has vowed to stop militant trade unions derailing Christmas this year again after announcing new laws to ensure trains continue to run during strikes. Rishi Sunak is bringing forward legislation to force rail operators to run 40% of their normal timetable, even when staff walkouts occur, with minimum service levels also to be introduced for ambulance workers and border security staff as well. Well, joining me right now in the studio is Eddie Dempsey. He's Assistant General Secretary of the RMT uh, Transport Union. Also still with me in the studio is Tom Slater, editor at Spike Online. Uh, good afternoon to you both. Um, Eddie, um, a couple of other things I want to ask you about as well. But, I mean, you know, you're one of those militant trade union leaders. I mean, when they, when they talk about these people, they mean you. Um, we've seen, look, Christmases have been ruined by enough governments in recent years with Tier 4 and lockdowns and goodness knows what, without rail unions last year making it impossible for many people to travel across the country um, uh, on crucial days. Lots of people having to cancel their events. Um, even people, a lot of people who would support, as I would, the right of trade unions, the right to withdraw mm. your labour, would say, yeah, but you know what? We still need to have these basic public services running mm. so that people can go about their other their other people, their lawful duty. It's right that you should have to at least, at least man a, a, a minimum level of service on strike days, isn't it? Well, I don't think so. I think the uh, purpose of this legislation is really to go to the heart of what it means to be a trade unionist. So the centrepiece of this will be the issuing of work notices by employers where they'll name individual trade union members uh, and those people will have to break their own strike, having voted to take strike action, or they'll face dismissal. So the union so, will name them or the... the, the no, the employer will name employer. them. They'll have to draw up a work notice. and then These are the people who are crucial to running those 40% of services... Well, it's a bit difficult to see exactly how it's going to work yet because they haven't published the regulations yeah. or the guidance note yet. But I have a funny feeling even after they publish it, we won't be quite sure how No, me works. too, me too. So what they, will, what they will do, for example, in train operating companies, they've said they'll run a 40% service, mm -hmm. but station workers are not part of this, mm -hmm. just train crew. Uh, so they'll issue a notice and on that notice will be names of individual workers and they'll send it to us and we will have to identify who our members are and tell them to go and break the strike. That's what the intention of legislation is. But it is. won't be breaking a strike. If you're down to only 40% of the service, that mm. is still a massive impact on, yeah. on the travelling public, and it's a massive impact on, 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 on you know, ticket sales, yeah. on profits. That's still going to impact the employer. Yeah, it will. Uh, and this is only on primary routes, so this doesn't cover the whole railway. So there may be suburban routes where this doesn't apply at well, all. Which are often, by the way, the yeah. routes which people most rely on to get to and from work because yeah. there aren't alternatives. And then there's different rules for inf infrastructure. So we don't know exactly what they mean yet, but they've said infrastructure services will be provided between 6 o'clock in the morning and 10pm. So if you're a signaller working in a railway, uh -huh. you can't 40% signal a piece of the railway. Either you signal it or you don't. So it may be the case that if you're a signaller or a maintenance worker, you will have no right to strike at all between uh -huh. those hours. So that would be wide open to legal challenge. We think this is an egregious breach of personal freedoms and a right to be okay. in a trade union. I, it sounds to me, actually, it might just be unworkable practically more we than anything else. We think that too, else. yeah. However, you talk about uh, the right to strike is very yeah. important. I'm, I'm someone who people say, oh, you've got certain political views, you must be, yeah. be anti-unions. No, no, trade unions are the reason why I got things like you know, maternity leave mm -hmm. you know, and sick pay yeah. uh, and, and the holiday pay and things, you know, if you're on staff. Now, you know, these things weren't given to people and ordinary workers in this country out of the goodness of employers' hearts. They were hard won. So I always understand the importance of mm -hmm. trade unions. However... 
when you work in the public sector, when you produce, when you provide a service that is crucial for other people getting to work and going about their daily lawful business, your impact is far greater. You know, I've always likened this, you know, if supermarket staff at Sainsbury's go on strike, I can go to Tesco or vice versa. Mm. Trains go on strike. If I haven't got a car, um, okay, there's the coach services, but often those are jam-packed. You know, it's not, it's not an equivalent service. So do we, you know, you will have the right to strike working in the RMT and working on the railways, but does your right to strike trump everyone else's right to go about their lawful business? Well, right, right now, the International Labour Organization, they produce a report every, near, every year on trade union freedoms around the world. And they rank countries between one and five, one being decent rights, five being absolutely no rights. Today, before this legislation is passed, we're ranked as four, and that is systematic breaches of trade union freedoms. We're on the same par as Saudi Arabia and El Salvador they have, today. They have trade unions in Saudi Arabia. Right, so we've got as much rights in Britain today but, but this is as a we have in El Sorry, Salvador. this is an absolute nonsense, Eddie, with all due respect. We've seen non-stop strikes in well, the last year, in, in teachers, trade, yeah. um, um, you know, we've seen um, you know, border staff, um, uh, rail unions, doctors, nurses, yeah. everyone else. So you're saying you don't have rights? Of course you do. Well, the key just, thing, some the, of the, some just of the things a, you don't like just are things like having a minimal, minimum number of people taking part yeah. in the ballot. So it's not a bunch of loony extremist militants. It's ordinary yeah. members of the... And having a minimum amount of people actually, actually saying they want to actually go on strike. Those are perfectly reasonable requirements. Well, we've beaten all of those requirements every time they yeah, put up... Yeah, those, therefore, they're legitimate so, so strikes. Every time they put new legislation up, we just get more effective and better at what we do. OK, then so why does it bother you, then? Well, I'm telling you... You just is... said, you just said, we've, we've been stopped from doing it, and so, then you just said you're so getting the, more effective. So the government's own impact assessment has said this legislation is going to lead to more and more prolonged strikes than we've currently got. Why? So, well, for a start-off, we might not take strike action in the way they want. We may have to think of more creative ways People of People are just going to call in say, come on, work to rule. Half there'll of the railways is run on overtime, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So you're just going to be So there'll be a lot of people that call in sick. And, you know, we've got a policy of non-compliance. We're not going to comply with this legislation. So they want to put uh, uh, direct responsibilities on our picket supervisors to make people go into work. Mm -hmm. So we might not have pickets. We might do something else. Okay. So they're going to try and ban particular types of strike action. We will have to be creative. And the other thing that's going to happen is because this legislation is discretionary, we're now going to be writing to all of the employers we deal with saying, as this is discretionary, we're asking you to guarantee you're... that you're not going to issue a work notice. And if they say they're going to, then we're going to be in a dispute. Then you go on <laughs> Now, here's the... Julie, we were just coming <laughs> to the... <laughs> so, look, we're just coming to a point here where we've had the U-turn on the ticket offices. We thought, right, now we're going to get a settlement on pay. We can end these rail strikes now and get back to a period of good negotiations and good spirit around the table. That's all out the window. This has just escalated everything again. Just at the point well, where just, we thought we were We're always set. just at the point. I'm going to come back to those negotiations. Tom Slater. Well, you might be surprised. You might be surprised. Where, you know, what, what do you make of this? Do you think the government's being unreasonable? Yes. I mean, I take the point about whether or not these things are actually going to be workable in the first place. There's, there's often a lot of the Tory governments, a lot of kind of grimacing at trade unions because they want to kind of channel the spirit of Thatcher. It plays yeah. well to their base. Often in terms of what it actually materialises into is not entirely obvious. But at the same time, I think th these particular restrictions seem to be particularly chilling around the right to strike because of effectively compelling people to break strikes they might <coughs> themselves have voted for. And that's something which I think is breaching us into a new territory, especially in the context of we do have very punishing trade union laws in this country in, com in comparison to other places even across Europe. What, similarly, what, what way punishing? Similarly, there's also been this point about, yes, there has been this upsurge in trade union activity over the past couple of years, but it's from a very low historical base. So you've yep. got these kind of clampdowns coming in 
in the context of, yes, an upsurge in trade union militancy, but that's only in the context of a protracted squeeze on living standards, real terms pay cuts for many people. Mm. So it just feels entirely out of whack. It seems like mm. mainly because it's a Tory politicians like to posture against trade unions. It gives them a, it gives them a bit of a buzz, as it were. Um, but also what they're encroaching upon is something quite important, which is the right to withdraw your labour and not be compelled mm. to break a strike. Although, of course, we see, support. say, with the, um, you know, the, some of the health unions, the BMA, the, yeah. you know, the requirement to provide you know, emergency care, although that we understand you know, that is basically well, voluntary. Well, my aunt was anyway. a nurse in the NHS all her working life, and they, they've got a different culture, and they would, they would uh, voluntarily run a minimum service, you like, yeah. in health because of the implications for the people they're looking after. Yeah. We've got a completely different setup, um, and this legislation is really going to make it very individual. So we've got members... Like me, I have to say, we've got a very principled uh, position on this. My father was a member of my union, my grandfather was. None of us have ever crossed the picket line and we don't believe in it. And there's no piece of legislation or instruction from it's a trade union official or anyone else who's going to make us do it. Okay. And there's a lot of people out there like that and those people will face dismissal uh, and the union will face financial penalties and all the rest of it. But there's a big difference between someone, you know, there's awful scenes in the miners' union, you know, people shouting scab at people just wanted to earn a living um, mm. uh, who couldn't survive on the strike pay and someone crossing the line and saying, I'm not sticking with the union and someone, as part of the legal requirements for the union to strike, being told, okay, you're the people who has to stay at work. Mm. That, that's not the same thing. It is, it is different. You, it but, is. So the other point to make here is we've still got to see how a lot of this stuff works out because none of the regulations are published. But the main thing is today we were supposed to have an announcement of Great British Railways in the King's speech. So this follows a U-turn on the booking offices, a U-turn on HS2, whatever you think about it, uh, and now Great British Railways is in the bin. So now we've got this piece of legislation instead, which has got us talking about a very minute part of the railway, when the railway itself is in dire straits and badly needs some it, direction. It, it certainly is. I mean, it's an absolute joke. I think if you get a, a, a train nowadays, and uh, although, let's face it, most of the travelling public don't use trains uh, one year to the next, and that is one of the issues with your negotiating position. But, you're, you're, I mean, if it arrives on time, <laughs> I mean, you're just absolutely shocked, aren't you, which is, which is not how it should be. Um, let's talk about... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
where you are in that negotiation because we're seeing some developments today say with the the, the doctors uh, mm. consultants and junior doctors the BMA there's some talk about some sort of quite sort of a, a sort of a, a nod and a wink uh, extra payment to them that won't sort of show up uh, as a sort of official deal which would possibly get them uh, back round the table and actually negotiating a possible end to those strikes which would be massively impactful on, mm. on, on patients the NHS where are you in terms of your negotiations? Because for so long, we've just heard the whole, you know, <laughs> transport secretary won't meet with us, you know, this won't happen, we're not talking about, you know, the right stuff. Where are you? So we're meeting our executive later today who will be giving us a direct negotiating mandate. We have been in discussion with our partners in the RDG who have been awaiting the green light from ministers to make an approach to us. So we Rail were, delivery group. Rail delivery group. So we were hopeful we were in the sort of like a final furlong, you know, like if reaching a deal... On money now, the reforms that were supposed to be associated with this deal have been removed as a result of the public consultation on ticket offices. Uh, but this is a bit of a curveball, this, this announcement from last night. Uh, so we'll have to see how that impacts all of this. As I said, it's, it's a bit of an escalation uh, in the context of it, where we were. I just had this sort of feeling in my head that, that, that we're just going to have strikes from the... The militant, the militant wing of the trade union movement, and and you you are part of that militant ring wing forever because it, I I completely accept that a lot of this is well, about paying conditions. Do, do, I do no no I do accept that because you have seen real terms cuts we've had, in pay we've had four as years, most people have had four years without a pay rise. But, but you also you've also seen massively plummeting services and people got to keep their jobs during Absolutely. lockdown, which other people didn't, and you weren't at risk. I mean, I, I went on a couple of trains during lockdown, but there was nobody on the trains. So there was no risk to anybody, no more than anyone working in the supermarket, and they didn't see the same pay rises. You're well, we had people working but, in, in close quarters in vans out maintaining yeah, yeah, railway so infrastructure. Yeah, so a lot of railway workers. You so were loads say. of people, mate. A lot so of were loads of people, and and yeah, you know what? That you know, I don't, I'm not sure how long we can trade on that. But but at the end of the day. What your real aim is, like a lot of those trade unions that, which you, that, that, that sort of wing of the trade unionism movement, you want to oust a Tory government. This is, a, this, is a, Look, this is politically motivated. We're not affiliated to the Labour Party. The Labour, the Labour Party kicked us out years ago, all right? We've got, uh, we will have the same stance towards whoever's in power. We will campaign aggressively on the issues that are important to our members, mm -hmm. whether they're wearing a blue ribbon or a red ribbon. Uh, this Tory government has made an absolute mess of the railway, we would like to see them go. Uh, but we'll be fighting a Labour government if they come in just as hard for the interests that are at stake for our members. And look, our members does does Keir Starmer know that? I think he does know that. Uh, we don't pull any punches with any of the politicians, no matter what ribbon they wear. Uh, and our members haven't had a pay rise in four years, Julia. That's no, where nothing we are. at all? So, we're, no, in this dispute, no. What is, what's, the, what's the latest offer? Every, everywhere else, we've made settlements. Everywhere else we've made settlements. We are only on strike where we can't get a deal for our members. What's That's the latest comes offer? Down. The latest offer, we haven't had a fresh offer, is still 5% uh, plus 4%. But the difference now, Julia, is it was predicated... 5% plus 4%. I mean, it's welcome in maths. Hold on a mo. Over two 9%. years. 9%. But it was... 9% over two years. It was predicated on all of these changes arising from the closure of booking yep. offices. Okay. But now that's gone. It should really make things a bit easier to get a settlement. Can I just check... announcement of this legislation. Christmas this year... Yeah. Family's going to be able to travel by train reliably. We haven't named any. Yes. We haven't named any strike action since late summer, in this dispute. We've been on a campaigning footing with the public, and it's worked. So we haven't named any strike action in quite quite a significant. Well, you can be period. quite popular. You can be quite popular as a well, trade union popular. over strike action. It's obviously not actually affecting. I the think the, I think the problem is we've been too popular. So the campaign we've uh, run on ticket offices has been so popular. I think the government's been a bit envious of that, uh, and are now giving us a bit of a dig back. That's what you think this is? Maybe. 
Uh, also that, and it's a cover for the fact that they're not announcing Great British Railways in the King's Speech. It's another U-turn on railways. Tom Slater, is this just a, another PR exercise by the government? Well, everything that they announce seems to be mainly just sort of an empty threat or a press release. They seem incapable of agreeing on anything or pushing anything through. We'll wait to see on this particular piece of um, legislation, these particular plans, but I do wonder how much of it is just going to go by the wayside in the midst of... The party just seems to be in, like, permanent crisis right. management mode rather than doing anything that they claim that they want to do. Yeah, indeed. Listen, I'm, I do stay there, Eddie, and uh, also, Tom, I, I might get your thoughts, actually, or back on, on what we're just going <coughs> to go to you now, uh, because I'm asking you the question today, what is the one law you would most want to see in the King's speech? We just had the King's speech uh, in the last hour, um, quite a lengthy uh, King's speech, but I also want to know, what, what is the law that you would want to bring in? We pretty much knew what was going to be in it. Tell me what law you'd want to bring in and why. Give us a call on 0344-499-1000. You can text on 8722 or you can tweet us on x at Talk TV. You have been getting in touch. Valerie is among them and she says to allow our government and politicians to be able to be held accountable and face penalties for failed policies and actions which go against the fabric of our great British culture. Oh, I'd love... Love to be able to hold the government to account and MPs to account for things that they don't do right. Uh, Kate has texted to say, I want to see a clear manifesto for British values and a law that those who do not uphold it are arrested and or deported. Rwanda will do nicely. Uh, we've been pushed too far. The line in the sand must be drawn. British values for British people. Stephen, meanwhile, thinks dissolve parliament, sorry, dissolve government and structure a new system where people vote democratically on policy. Elected representatives can easily be bought or intimidated. Um, I know we've got a call as well. I'll get to that in just a moment. But um, Eddie and, uh, and Tom, what do you make of those? I mean, the, the dissolving parliament voting directly, this is the stuff that the eco-lunatics keep calling for as well, which is that our parliament isn't representative enough. But mm. we choose who, you know, who we vote for, don't we? Yeah, well, look, I'm a strong believer in sovereign democracy. I think... That's why you're, should... you're, you and I are Brexiteers. Yeah, that's right. I think we should elect our politicians and they should be uh, running the country on behalf of the people in it. I'd like to see a law brought in to make sure that our economy is running the interests of the British people and not in the interests of foreign corporations, for example. Tom Slater? Well, I, th I think what the message there was responding to is something we saw during Brexit as well, was the fact that we do formally have a parliamentary democracy. It's supposed to be the kind of indirect conduit for popular sovereignty and so on. But at the same time, it's very easy if those MPs, because they are so distant from ordinary people in their own lives and views and interests, for them to scupper that. So it's no wonder that people, I think particularly after the experience of the last couple of years, are starting to wonder whether the system is really working in the way that it should. Well, I mean, certainly I think post-Brexit, and all three of us voted for Brexit, and then I think we're astounded. I think it never even occurred to me mm -hmm. that there would be a state play in Parliament where MPs, democratically elected MPs and uh, peers, would actively seek to overturn that, the outcome of that referendum. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I did. You saw that every time there was a vote against the EU institutions in any European company, uh, country, they overturned it. So yeah. I was fully expecting to see some of that here in Britain. I know, I thought we were different. I'm still, I'm still so shocked by that. I'm glad that the electorate punished every single yeah. one of those mm -hmm. people. Um, do you trust... I mean, you say you're not affiliated to the Labour Party, Eddie Dempsey, but, I mean... Do, do, you, do you trust Keir Starmer on, no. on the issue of the EU, given that he was shadow Brexit secretary and was desperately trying to overturn? He wanted a second referendum just to check what we all thought. Mm. Do you think he's going to, if he becomes prime minister next year, kind of try and squeeze us back into the EU? Uh, I think he'd like to. I don't trust him on the question um, for the reasons that you've set out. I, I remember the various statements he made right throughout that period, so I don't trust him on that question at all. Yeah, do you, and what do you think a, a lot of Labour you know, working class voters, particularly, you know, those red wall seats, we're told you they're turning away from the Tories, but actually it doesn't appear that they are 
turning to Labour, because partly yeah. because of those issues? Well, I think that was the biggest reason why the Corbyn project failed, is they didn't get behind the vote to leave the EU. They Which is well, really, because Jeremy I Corbyn they, was I, the Eurosceptic. He was. I think they compromised on that instead of other things. They, 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 should have comp they shouldn't have compromised on that at all. They should have comp compromised on other issues.